the night for that utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for causing us to hear exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. Now, Lord, we know that you are not limited to, uh, to human efforts. You, you can override our weaknesses and our inabilities, and you can come through with mighty things, and you can help the preacher preach better than he really can preach, and you can help us hear things that even the preacher did not necessarily articulate in words, but the Holy Spirit quickens something in our heart, and we hear from heaven, and we're able to leave with a word from God. So that's what we're believing for you to do for us tonight, and we ask for it in Jesus' name, and we give you the thanks and praise. Amen. <clears throat> there are 92 days left in this year, and uh, I know that because Mariah looked it up for me right before church started. 92 days. There are, uh, there's basically one quarter left, fourth quarter of, of 2022. And I know if, if you're like me, you're wondering, it seems like we just started. You know, we've, it just seemed like it wasn't long ago. It was January, and we were getting into the new year, and here we are at the last quarter. 92 days left. And the Lord began to deal with me. And not just in the car today, but the Lord began to deal with me about challenging you and challenging myself about something. This might be a little different than what we're used to, but we've been talking a lot about faith. We've been talking a lot about how to receive. We've been talking a lot about getting uh, things uh, through our faith, with our faith, and how it works. And so the Lord began to deal with me to challenge us about a faith assignment, a faith assignment, to use our faith beyond our own ability, to use our faith beyond our own means. In other words, we're not just asking, Lord, help me do something that I always do or something that I'm sure I can get done, but we're talking, I'm talking about using your faith to believe God for something that when it's all said and done, when it's all manifested, that that becomes a testimony. And so here with 92 days left in 2022, what I want to encourage you is to, if you have a piece of paper and you have a pencil or you have your phone or your iPad or whatever you've got, if you don't think of it now, before you go to sleep tonight, write down the date and and the assignment that you want to put your faith toward. Now I'm going to explain a little more about that so you might not you may be ready to write it down but maybe you're not yet but that's okay. Brother Copeland said that when he went to ORU and most of you know his testimony that he went to ORU as a student and he he got involved in the aviation department because he was a pilot at that time and so he became uh, on the flight crew for uh, Brother Roberts and so that's how he got introduced to him and got to know him. And, of course, they were uh, friends for the rest of, of Brother Robert's life. And uh, he said that Oral Roberts was the first man that he ever met that used his faith on purpose. In other words, most Christians, and I think it's still true today that many Christians, let's say it that way, many Christians think of faith as the same way they think of their spare tire or a flashlight or a, a generator when power's off. They, they almost think of it as this thing that I only use if I have to. 
Other, in other words, I, 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 uh, you know, they'd subscribe to the doctrine. This is not biblical, by the way. But, uh, and it's not in the Bible anywhere. But people say it all the time, that God helps them that helps themselves. God helps those who help themselves. That's not biblical. God helps everybody, or you'd be dead. God loves everybody, or you'd go to hell. Um, and I know not everybody does take advantage of that love. Not everybody's going to heaven. I know all of that. Not everybody wants God's help. Not everybody receives God's help, but it's available. But when we're talking about faith in this regard, we're talking about on purpose using your faith to receive from God something that you could not do on your own. And now I want to also put a, another kind of a parameter out there on, on out there. I'm not necessarily talking about an impossibility. Now that would require a miracle. And thank God for miracles. We believe in miracles. God still does miracles. Aren't you glad about that? So I'm not necessarily talking about that you're going to try in the next 92 days to part the Red Sea again. Or like Joshua, make the sun stand still. But there's probably something in every life, every family, every marriage, every individual that's here tonight. There's probably at least one thing that it would take a supernatural intervention of God to cause it to happen. To bring about the change that's needed or to bring in the provision that you desire or that you need. And so that's what I want you to focus on. I mean, don't, don't, don't disappoint yourself by trying to go beyond your measure of faith. You know, Romans 12.3 speaks about the measure of faith. The Bible speaks about strong faith, weak faith, little faith. So faith is a measurable spiritual commodity or quantity. It, it, it can be more and it can be less. And God's not deciding how much you have. You are. I am. We're deciding how much we have. And so, I, I, you know, you can build your faith and that's part of this process. That's part of this faith assignment. I, I want you to do that. I want to do that myself. But I want you to stay in a realm where you truly can believe because that's really it. that's how far your faith goes. Faith goes no further than the question mark in your thinking and in your attitude. I hope it's really quiet because you're listening. I hope you're not already asleep on me. It's very quiet in here. But um, faith never goes beyond your revelation knowledge of the Word of God. Every breakthrough in your faith, every promotion, if you will, every step forward in faith is preceded by a promotion or a step forward or a breakthrough in your revelation of God's Word. And there are different ways to describe revelation, but one of the things that I think is important for us to understand tonight is this. Revelation knowledge is what you can see and what you can believe for. As long as it's somebody else, maybe there's a certain situation or there's a certain thing that you would like to have and you really have no problem believing that so-and-so can believe for that or they already have done so, they have that. 
But you really can't see yourself with that. You can't see yourself doing that. And one of the big things that the devil tries to do is come in and tell us you'll never have that. And you can never do that. That it's gone and it'll never be back. That's especially true in the area of health and strength. As we get older, the devil wants us to get into this mindset. And if you watch a lot of stupid television commercials, you, you, you can easily follow that mindset that I'm just going to, I just might as well get ready. I'm going to need to talk to my doctor about this. And I'm going to need to talk to my doctor, oh, about that. And, and yeah, that too. And, and pretty soon I'm going to be taking pills day and night with applesauce. If that's your mindset, that's where you're going. You have to turn that around. There's no scripture that says you have to be old and unable to function. There's no scripture that says you have to be old and you can't remember anything. There's no scripture that says you have to live in the fear of death all the days of your life. Yes, we're going to die. Sooner or later, we're going to die. And I know that, uh, that nobody really likes that thought. But you know, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He said it would be much better to go on and be with the Lord. But he decided to stay around because he felt like he was needed here on the earth. That's a really good attitude. That's a really good attitude. And uh, so we want you to stay around. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to do. We've got a lot of work to do. We've still got empty positions. We've got things we need to do. Don't you? You're not allowed to die. Not now. You can't die without permission. <laughs> I'm being facetious, but you understand. You can choose to live. Paul said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. What did that mean? He, that means he said, I, I can decide. I can go or I can stay. He didn't say, well, when the Lord gets ready. You know, I remember a lady used to sing, and sometimes we'd sing with her. Her husband was a good guitar player, and uh, oh, sometimes she'd sing. And one of her songs she'd like to sing, and she'd get carried away with it. She'd sing, you got to move. You got to move. I don't know who wrote the song, but it wasn't, they didn't have to have many words because they said, you got to move a whole lot. And then the end of it was, when the Lord gets ready, you got to move, you've got to move, you've got to move. Well, you know, I, I realized after a while, Nick's laughing at my songs. Uh, I realized after a while that that's totally backwards. That is totally backwards. If the woman with the issue of blood... We're studying her on Sunday mornings, you know. If the woman with the issue of blood had had that attitude, she'd have died. She would have bled to death, literally. If, if, if so many of those people that came to Jesus had that attitude, they would have all stayed sick or they would have all died with their diseases because it, it's not about God getting ready. I, I just want to let you in on this. This is really good news, by the way. God's ready. He is ready. He's ready at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. He's ready on Monday. He's ready on Wednesday. He's ready on Friday. He's ready on New Year's Day, Groundhog Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, whatever day you want to talk about it. He is always ready. So when you get ready, you can move. 
And you got to move toward the Lord. Now, sometimes that movement looks like it's so foolish. Sometimes it looks like there's no way it can happen. That's why we need faith. For the impossible, yes, and even for the improbable, even for the, for the thing that seems so far out of reach. But you've got to see yourself with what God's Word says. Faith works. Look at your neighbor and tell them, faith works. Faith produces. Faith changes things. And so I want to give you a faith assignment tonight. Of a faith assignment for the 92 days left in 2022. I want you, first of all, to take some time, and that's why you probably may not write down anything at the moment. You might, but then you still need to do these things. The, the, the thing I want you to do is to ask yourself the serious and honest question, what is your desire? What is your desire? Humans were created with desires. Now, sometimes when you talk about desires, uh, you understand, we all understand that sin and Satan can pervert desires and turn things that are not necessarily bad into sin because of the way they are done or when they're done or how they're done or whatever. We're made with desires. You, you, will, you will get hungry again. You will, uh, you'll desire rest and sleep and peace. There are lots of good things that you're going to desire. We were made that way. But Jesus told us in Mark chapter 11 in verse number 24, if you'll turn there with me, please. And this is one of the most familiar scriptures in the, the entire New Testament concerning faith. And these are words of Jesus himself. These are not my words. They're not my opinions or ideas or theories or postulations. These are Jesus' own words. And he says in Mark chapter 11 and verse number 24... He said, therefore, and that's based on the truths about faith that he had declared in verses 22 and 23. He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire. Notice the word, ye desire, or we would say you desire. When you pray, believe. So when do you believe concerning this? When you pray. And what are you supposed to believe when you pray? That you receive them. So that means when do you receive? When you pray. Not when you feel like it. Not when it looks like it. Not when the doctor says it's so. Or the attorney says it's so. Or somebody else says it's so. But you believe when you pray. And he says when you do that. When you believe you receive them. You shall have them. Desire. I think sometimes our faith doesn't work better because sometimes we're not clear on our desires. We don't, we're not consistent. We, we, for a moment we want this and then next day we want something else and a week from now we want something else. There is an aspect of faith that requires you and me to make up our minds. So that's why you want your desires to be formed in a time of fellowship with the Father. Amen? Let's go to Psalm 37, 4. Another very familiar verse. If, you, if that uh, reference doesn't uh, cause the light to come on as when we read it or you get there in your Bible, you, you'll, you'll remember this one. Psalm chapter 37 
and verse number 4. Now, we're talking about this first step in our assignment, which is desire. And he says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he, the Lord, shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, this is a, this is a package. This is a process. The, the, the promise, the declaration that God will give you what you desire is not given apart from the first half of the verse, which is to delight yourself in the Lord. Now, if you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to be formed in the womb, if you will, of that fellowship with God. Just like a child's formed in its mother's womb and it becomes the person that it is physically, all the organs, everything, the limbs, everything are there. Well, that happens as, as it's growing in, in the womb. Well, as, as we get into the presence of God, much the same kind of a process begins to happen. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, then our desires begin to be formed. And God can give us those kinds of desires. So this isn't a blanket statement that says anything you desire that's carnal, physical, doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, God's going to give it to you. No, 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 that's not what this is about. This is about someone who delights in the Lord. Let me ask you a few questions. Could you honestly, would you honestly say that that if, you, that if you never ever desire to be in God's house, that you really delight yourself in Him? No. Could you say that if you are uninterested in the Great Commission, the very heart of Jesus, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that you have no desire to be a part of the church in reaching the world, that, that, you, that you are delighting yourself in the Lord? No. Could you say that if you have no desire to to be a part even with your finances, your material wealth. You have no intention or desire to be a part of the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not interested in God's business. Would you say you delight yourself in the Lord? If you never talk to God, would you delight yourself in the Lord? If you never open his book that he had written and brought to us here today at really great price, there are people who have given their lives so you can have a Bible. But if we never open it, could we really say, well, I really delight in the Lord. I'm just not interested in anything he says. Can you see the contradictions? So this thing of delighting ourselves in the Lord is so important in connection with our desires. Now let's go to another scripture, and that's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13 and verse 12. Again, many of you will recognize this verse. Proverbs 13, 12 begins by saying, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So God wants you to have your desires met. You see it in the word it's just the heart of God that your desires be formed in His presence, be formed according to His Word, be formed in line with the indwelling Spirit on the inside, and God delights in giving you those desires. 
Always remember that when you think in line with the Word, you're thinking in line with God. Amen. All right. So you need to settle that. And maybe that's not something you can settle in a moment or two. I don't know. But you ought to work on your assignment. Uh, you need to find this one thing that you're going to focus on. Not that you don't believe for anything else or you're not going to ever think about anything else, but you're going to make sure that you stay with this until it's finished. The second step, gather scriptures that cover your desire. If what you desire is not scriptural, then God will not give it to you. And here's the, here's the odd thing. Sometimes people desire things that aren't scriptural and they get it. But you sometimes have to be careful. You might get what you want, but you may not want what you get. Amen. I could really meddle there a lot, but I don't have time. Aren't you glad? So you, you want to gather scriptures that cover what you're believing for. The Bible principle of establishing truth is even doctrinal truth, foundational truth for us to live by and believe and stake our life on is that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. The, uh, the law of Moses, uh, Israel under, the, in, under that law, they, they, they had to have two or three witnesses to establish facts even legally before someone would be executed or whatever. There had to be two or three witnesses. You couldn't take it on just hearsay. Well, that same principle applies in, in the, the, the total of the Word of God in that we don't build a doctrine on just one scripture or a half a verse or just, just an idea. But we, f we make sure there's a foundation of Scripture. And the same is true for your faith assignment. You need to have at least two, and I would recommend three, Scriptures that becomes yours. You, you, you meditate them until you revelate them. <laughs> and I know that's not really good grammar. But, but you get to the place where you can see yourself with this verse or these verses working in your life. More than likely, if you have even normal intelligence, if you do this enough, you will basically memorize those three verses. Maybe not every little thee or thou, depending on what translation you're using, but the gist of that verse you will memorize. And when you do this, you will see and say yourself with what they say. In other words, whatever that verse is saying, you begin to see yourself with that. And when you see yourself with that, you start saying that. And not only do you say that, but you plan for that. So when we're doing uh, this part of it, we are, we are holding fast, declaring, proclaiming, testifying, praising, singing, and rejoicing over the promises of God. Revelation 12:11 says, speaking of, of saints yet to come out there in tribulation period, it talks about they overcame him, that's the enemy, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Well, that's a principle. That works in any age. That's how we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. 
I pointed out for the last two Sundays, and I want to reiterate tonight, that I've been encouraging you to have a list, an impossibility list that you laugh at, a list of things you laugh at every single day. Already getting testimony of, 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 of action on that and good things to come. I'm telling you, the devil hates it when you laugh. The devil hates it when you open your mouth and declare truth. The devil hates it when you believe the Bible. And so as we laugh and rejoice and as we declare the truth of God and proclaim the truth and hold fast to our confession, Hebrews 10, 23, Hebrews 4, 14, we are saying what Jesus is saying at the right hand of the Father. And so therefore, we've gathered our scripture. They become a part of our life and we see ourselves with what those scriptures say. Then here's the next thing to be aware of in this process. Cast down every thought and every imagination. Second Corinthians chapter 10, you can find that, verses 3 through 5. Cast down every thought and every image or imagination to the contrary. How do you do that? By speaking the word. By saying what you believe. Don't sit there staring at a wall meditating on what the devil's telling you. Don't tune into the devil channel. Stay tuned into the God channel. Amen. Cast down those imaginations. How do you cast them down? By speaking the word. There are times when nobody's around, but I'll make a statement. There is somebody around. <coughs> of course, God's always around. But the devil's, you know, lurking. And I'll say, no, it won't be that way. In Jesus' name, it will not be that way. He knows what I'm talking about. Cast them down. Cast him down. First Peter 5, 7 says that we are to resist the devil. Resist the devil. Amen. Uh, and, and, and he will flee. If it wasn't necessary to do it, why would we be told in the scriptures that we should do it? And if you can't do it, why would he tell you to do it? So obviously it's needful and also obvious you can. It's just a choice. Then, the next thing in this process, stay open to the Holy Spirit and those who are led and anointed by the Spirit. And I, I say that last part, not just to build up preachers, because I am a preacher. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to tell you that sometimes God will deliver a word of instruction as well as a word of encouragement or blessing to you through an anointed servant, an anointed man or woman of God. And when that happens and that's quickened to your spirit, you better pay attention. You better pay attention. You say, well, I know if it's God, it's going to happen. Ask those people in Nazareth in Mark chapter 6. If there was ever an anointed person in their midst who stood and said, the Spirit of God is upon me, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me. Ask those people in Nazareth, could you ever be in a meeting where Jesus stands up and says, I'm anointed, and tells you all the things he's anointed to do, but you still don't get anything? That's what happened that day. A few sick folk. He had more miracles uh, in other places than his own hometown. Those people determined. They decided. Unbelief will stop the flow of the power of God. I know God is sovereign, but God has ordained in his divine plan to deal with man on the basis of faith and obedience. And where he finds faith and obedience, he pours forth blessing. Where he doesn't find faith and obedience... He does not. He cannot because he will not violate his word. So stay open to the Holy Spirit. He may want you to, you know, you may be quickened to respond to the laying on of hands. You may be quickened to respond in, to certain things the Holy Spirit is doing. 
You know, sometimes people, I know, I know this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm not stupid. I know that there are people who come to church like this and come to services like we have, and, 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 and their thinking is, that's not necessary. You know, you don't have to make all that noise, and you don't have to dance. And you, What are those people running? Where are they running to? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have a little story I couldn't tell, but I've got to keep moving. Uh, but anyway, sometimes people, people really, I, we, we were in a service one time where somebody did wonder what, what was that woman doing chasing that man. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. And that, that wasn't what was happening, but it was, you know, they just got excited and ran. Um, and, you know, we can, we can try to analyze that and figure all that out. And really what people do when they get too analytical about these things is they're trying to figure out how can I get all the goodies from God and not have to do that. How can God bless me as much as he blesses them, but I don't have to do what they do. It just doesn't work that way. Throw caution to the wind. You know, they've already seen your car here. They know that you're here. You might as well, you know, you, you might as well go ahead and enjoy yourself. You tell people, I, you know, it's amazing. It's just amazing how people find out, and especially with the Internet. They find out your name or whatever, and uh, they find out what kind of a church you go to. I remember one time we lived in a place, and, and there was a guy not too far away, and sometimes I would take a walk, and for a while he was kind of friendly, and I knew that he, uh, he was, you know, I mean, I didn't know, but I figured pretty, pretty sure he was pretty much non-Pentecostal. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> then it was all of a sudden uh, nothing. I mean, there's no response. No, he didn't speak anymore, nothing. I had not done anything to this guy. So I told Glenn, and she said, he's found, he's, he's found out who you are. <laughs> he's found out you're Pentecostal. He's, you know, and that it may be so. But who cares? I mean, to me, it's funny. So I can share it as a funny story. But, uh, but who really cares? Stay open to the Holy Spirit. It may be that, you know, I don't know, maybe this Sunday morning the Holy Ghost falls on you and you have an urge, you just need to dance or you just need to jump up and down and praise God. That seems like the foolish thing in the most foolish thing in the world, perhaps. But that may be the very thing that releases His healing power in your life and you're changed forever. You say, does that happen? Absolutely it happens. Regina was given the testimony in prayer school yesterday about her mom, how that she was battling uh, a situation in her body and how that she was faithful to be in tune with God. And sometimes she had hands laid on her. And several times, as I understand it, that happened because she felt led to. And then all of a sudden one day as she was walking the little distance on the road, just walking to church, God touched her and healed her. Healed her from needing, the doctor saying, needing a hysterectomy to she never did have one and I had another child. That's quite a testimony. But you see, she was listening. She was ready to respond. I, I tell you, it's important to just be ready to respond. Quit trying to analyze God. I'm not saying that, that, that there's a premium on ignorance. We're not trying to be stupid. I, you Please don't misunderstand me. But don't ever think you're going to figure God out. He's just too far ahead of us. And then finally, act as far as possible, in as far as possible, act and plan as if this thing was already done. That's your assignment. 
for the next 92 days. Decide on a desire that's godly and good. Find scriptures that form the basis. Make your connection in prayer or confession that you release your faith and then hold fast to your confession. Cast down everything that would say anything to the contrary and stay open to the move of the Spirit and do what he says to do. God is a faithful, wonderful God. Now, I'll, I'll do it, Lord. I, this was not my plan to do. But, you know, we recently moved into a new house. And it's the, the nicest house we've ever had in our lives. Almost 20 years ago, it started with a sacrificial seed of obedience to a wonderful man of God that had been a part of our life for a number of years. There was no way 19 years ago, or really about 20 years ago, just, a, just in a month or so, there was no way that we would know the journey that that would take us and the blessings that would bring and the opportunities that God would open up for us. And so we stand here today. This year, we as a church will give, we have already given away more than we've ever given in any year that we've ever been here. And yet, we have more than we've ever had with no debt. And God is wonderful. He is faithful. And so I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but I needed to tell that. The Holy Spirit prompted me to tell that because uh, it's important to stay open to the Holy Ghost today because he knows where he wants to take you tomorrow and the year after and the year after. Praise the Lord. And there's work involved. There were decisions that had to be made, but God's been there all the way. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm not ancient, but I'm not young. <laughs> but if Jesus tarries another five years or ten years, Katie, bar the door. Amen. And I believe that for you. I believe that for you. Hallelujah. Amen. God is wonderful. But one of the things we've done around here is, and, and, uh, and, and you can know that it's true, because we couldn't do what we do if it wasn't true. But one of the things as far as I'm concerned, a priority for me is always our giving has to be taken care of. Always. And so, it's, it's wonderful to have the harvest. All kinds of people want to come here and preach. Because we, we're giving people. But you know, those, there are many of you, you've gotten involved with God's business. And you've seen the hand of God in your life. And I'm telling you, the best days are yet ahead. Our best blessings are yet ahead of us. They're yet to be seen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 You know, we're not dependent on, on any one person or thing. You know, part of, part of our blessing is, you know, the, the church is not our only source of income over these years. God's been good. You don't have to be tied down to one thing. 
God is good. Amen. I just get at a loss for words to declare how wonderful God is. And you see, I remember standing outside a rent house on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon by myself under an oak tree declaring before God, I felt so stupid. I did not know how in the world this could be possible. I didn't know how it could happen. But I remember the first time I ever said to God, I'm a wealthy man. I looked anything but. We never owned a house till we were 38 years old. But I tell you, when God does pay off, he pays off wonderfully. So no matter where you are and no matter where your starting place is, you can know this. God will not leave you there if you'll obey him. I didn't intend to tell all of this and go into all this tonight here. But I hope it will encourage you about the assignment. Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too uneducated. You're not too poverty stricken. You're not too anything. If you're one of his kids, he's got a plan for you. Father, in Jesus' name, open to us that good treasure of wisdom. Help us to see what it is you want us to see. To receive all that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to sing, He's done so much for me. I can't.